Last time on Cursebreaker. In the cold dark of night, we began our descent into the gates of the underworld. It turns out Tibio's grandmother has a keen eye and called me out as an escaped spirit the moment she met us. Well, it's true. I'm one of them, but that doesn't change anything. We also discovered that Tibio's parents are... gone. They're no longer in control of the gate, and we're here to find out why. There's no telling what trials lay ahead, but we have to press on. Tibio must succeed. For the second time now, uh, Snack has invited everybody into the lamp. Um, the first time was just to show you all around a little bit, and the second time is to actually get some rest. Do we all have our own rooms now? You do, actually. Ah! <laughs> Come, companions. I wish to show you your lodging. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> uh, Tibio pops into the lamp last, and uh, Tibio, you had just seen a glimpse of Tonberry. Um, um... Uh, it's okay, Tibio. I'm sure they have a bidet somewhere in the lamp. Um, no, I'm not looking. Not the donkey. For, uh, you know no, the, the toilet. I'm looking for. I saw Dunberry. Oh, well, that's not good. Probably. Who? I saw Judge Dunberry out there just before I came in here. Oh. Oh no, you couldn't see him. He's dead. Oh, that yes, makes sense. Yes, and um, <laughs> um, I don't know how long. Do you have before did, he did comes he look, to the lamp? Did he look happy to see you? Not very. I yeah. just caught a glimpse, but I cannot imagine that he is thrilled. I mean, like, he's dead still. That does not mean he is not dangerous, especially here. He saw us come in here? Oh, definitely. Are we safe in here, Snack? Well, not really, but if we're really quiet, we might be able to hear him approach and um, attempt to do us harm. Uh-huh. You all like wait and listen for a quiet moment and hear absolutely nothing. Um, Genie comes out of the purple door and he's got a tray of cookies and he says, fresh baked. What, what's going on? Um, Dunberry is out there and we are all in here. Ooh, spooky. And he goes over to you, Tibby, and he says, chocolate chip. And he like holds them up to you. Oh, thank you. Holly steals <laughs> a cookie off the tray. <laughs> These, um, <clears throat> are they real cookies or are they Genie cookies? Uh, it's actually the best of both worlds. They taste great, but they'll disappear after half an hour. Zero mm-hmm. calories. Holly's got her cheeks full of cookies and there's crumbs all over her face and melted chocolate. <laughs> and she's just like, mm. They're shaped like dragons, too. So, yeah. <laughs> These are really good, Dreedy. Thanks. I don't suppose you could all get any rest, really, if you're too worried about what's out there. I wouldn't concern yourself too much. We're safe in here. He cannot take the lamp, can he? The <laughs> he looks at Snack. <laughs> um, yes, of course he can. But uh, if he does try to do us harm, we'll all escape and um, be able to attack him then. If you all really need to relax and actually take a nap or something, I've um, set up little rooms. Nothing grandiose, but, you know, private at least. Yeah. Wait, we each have a room in here? Well, it's, yeah, sort of. Here. Jeannie, you've had done yourself. Snack, that's so amazing. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome, Tibby. It would be wonderful if, if we would have been able to buy more supplies. And um, But I have shared what, I, what we can. 
Here, Tibio, let's um, show you to yours. Okay. I think in like the, I, I guess whatever you consider the north side of the, the lamp main chamber to be, uh, shows you uh, five doors there. Um, Snacks being the one in the very center, and then uh, you're all kind of on the outside of his. Um, he opens a door on the right and shows you Tibio's quarters, which are, um, it's it's pretty Spartan, not exactly, um, you know, well adorned. It's not decorated really, but it does look comfortable. Um, he's got a lot of like pillows in there, and then he's got what kind of looks like uh, like an armor holder. Um, but Jeannie explains, um, this is uh, for your skeleton. If you wanted to leave it standing up, oh, you can just kind of rest it here. That is wonderful. Uh, Tibio tries it out. He trots his skeleton over there and then hops out of it. Yeah, it just kind of um, like hangs itself on this uh, this big hook and it can kind of stand up comfortably there. He says, um, I got a couple files and stuff if you needed to spruce it up, but might not be everything you need. This is wonderful. Thank you. Um, he does the same thing and kind of shows each of you your quarters, um, opens Bert's door and says, uh, we've got a writing desk and I've got a bookshelf, but I didn't know exactly what you were after. So you might have to populate those yourself. No problem, Jeannie. This looks better than my dormitory. <laughs> and Holly, there's no way I could have outdone your actual workshop, but, uh, I've got you a work table and a reading chair. I hope that's enough to get started. Hmm, looks good. Holly casts Firebolt on the works table surface to see if it lights on fire. There's like a little bit of a dark singe, but it's fine. Awesome. <laughs> um, Uli, we've got a very safe room for you. Safe, <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he opens up an extra heavy door and it, like you can hear like an air suction when he opens up. <laughs> and there's like, you can see an extra like plate and padding on the inside. Cool. And he says, it's whatever you need it for. <laughs> And, uh, of course, there's, like, a bed in there, but there's also a punching bag in the corner. And there is a hand-drawn portrait of Dave. Oh, (laughs) my God. Uh, (laughs) I kind of, like, sneak it off the wall and shove it under a pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Do with it what you will. (laughs) These aren't the, uh, uh, and I pick up a pillow and I, like, sniff it. These aren't the same pillows, right? I mean, we did a lot of work to get the mold out. Cool. I'll pull out my own. (laughs) Thank you. This is great. And um, Snack, if I might, I just wanted to show them the king's quarters. And that's my quarters, right? Of course. Yes. (laughs) He uh, opens the uh, much larger, much shinier door in the center. Um, and it is a slightly larger room. Um, there's no bed in here, but there is a pile of gold coins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of like strewn on the floor. Oh my God. Um, there are uh, crew, there's like front and center is this large uh, like papyrus poster of like, it looks like a child's drawing, but it's clearly depicting Uli and Snack like kicking ass together. <laughs> Um, there's also drawings of like the entire party and then there's a big line on the wall and then there's drawings of like Joe and Tonberry on the other side of the line and it seems this is where Snack determines friends and enemies (laughs) and you can see that the Emery picture is extremely crumpled and has been moved from side to side multiple times (laughs) Um, he also has a list of his weapons on there it says knife but it's crossed out and then it says new knife and then it says rock and it's crossed out and it says slingshot, genie, zappy bolts. And then at the end, sort of written, like I had an angle, it just says kindness. Aww. Aww. Kill him with kindness. <laughs> Snack, your lair is uh, gorgeous. Oh, and yes. here are you. Snack, I have a question. Genie, one second, Tibio. We need to call this 
the layer now. Of course. The master layer. Yes, the master's layer. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes, Tibio, what was it? Um, this money on the floor? Yes, come sit on it with me. No, I'm on- okay. Is this our money? Uh, well, it being the master's layer, Tibio, I think that... Funds? I think that, Tibio, um, I deserve a bed as well, and this is where I sleep. Sure. Okay, um... But it is not all your money. It is all my money. Is this some sort of t- test, Tibio? <laughs> well, you know, these aren't really our beds either. Sure, but what if we need to spend the money? You know, honestly, it's the best use of an inanimate object used to signify wealth until we actually need it. So otherwise, just be sitting around doing nothing. At least it's serving a purpose. I guess if I think of it like a bank, maybe, okay. Do you sleep in banks? I don't understand. Tibio just starts like, shaking his head and is like glancing back to try and count it a little bit and then moving along. Janie shakes his head and he says, no, no, no. Banks do much worse things with your money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> do, do you have a room, Janie? Do you sleep? What's, what's that whole deal? Well, I have my private quarters. I don't need to sleep anymore, but um, I do like my privacy. But he, like, kind of tilts his head towards a large purple door on the other side of the room. Mm, I would love to not have to sleep anymore. Where's the bathroom? (laughs) He kind of looks around the room and he says, I knew I forgot something. (laughs) (laughs) I promised Tibio a bidet. You know, he's from Memoir. (laughs) They use those there. Uh, I don't know that Memoir is the only place that has bidets. Jeannie's looking at Snack, trying to reconcile how a donkey helps you go to the bathroom. <laughs> Snack has got two hands up, open-palmed. <laughs> <laughs> when they mention bidet, I just want to, like, check in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you're you not able to zoom right into Dave right away, but you can see that dot still. You can tell he's alive. That's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's reassuring. Uli, are you okay? Huh? Huh? Are you okay? You kind of... Oh, yeah, no, I was just thinking. About who? No one. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I saw you put that picture under your pillow. I didn't put it there. Uh-huh, I, did, I don't know where that came for from. For later. No. That's okay. It's a good spot for it when you need it. Quickly. Okay, whatever, Miss Bang a Dude Everywhere We Go. I mean, that is my middle name. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Holly Bang a Dude. <laughs> Holly Bangadoo Hyacinth. <laughs> Bangadoo. <laughs> Bangadoo to you. <laughs> Bangadoo to you. Uli <laughs> um, is blushing and uh, stomping away. <laughs> he looks at, Jeannie looks at the two of you and says, corners, friends, corners, and kind of like ushers you off to your own rooms. Um, so yeah, you guys can roll your hit dice to regain those. I'm not hurt because I avoided danger like a good wizard. Like a good wizard. Know, don't was, risk your neck. I was trying to do the same <laughs> shit. It was immediate. My brain was still going like, avoided danger. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your friends take the hit. Yeah. yeah. Like a good wizard. Stand in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you all come out um, fresh-faced and well-rested, Jeannie kind of uh, greets you one by one and offers you a hot towel <laughs> when you step out of your rooms. Oh, thank um, you. Wow. But he has you gather around the uh, center table, uh, which previously was just for Jeannie and Snack during intense conversations. <laughs> so, Snack, you've got a tip as to what this might be about. Um, 
he has you all sit down and says, um, I feel like I owe you a little bit of explanation. As Sacra pointed out, um, gesturing to Tibio and his grandmother, I am dead, right? You understand that? I once was a person who lived not around here, but I lived, and I'm gone now. Basically, what my grandmother said was that the curses that we are seeing come through are the spirits of the dead. Mm. So they're ghosts. They've traveled here through a break in the weave, right? Yes, and they are like ghosts, but they are more present. Hmm. Poltergeists? Somewhat, I would say, yes. And And quite powerful. Genie is one of them. That's fair to say. Effectively, we are ghosts. Some of us have a little bit more of who they used to be than others. Hmm. And that is why. Well, to be honest, it, it all has to do with how much time you spend in, um, well, in the dark, I suppose. And for me, that was very little time. Let me back up. You're probably wondering how it got yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was a student of a great wizard. His name was Mojo Riz. But in a lot of ways, you all know him as Orzo, the king of Vindorn. Oh, fuck no. Uh, wow. So here's what happened. I just, I wanted to be helpful. I wanted to learn magic, but I wanted to be helpful. And I thought he had the right intentions. I helped him research his magic, which he said was all about learning about the cycle of life and exploring death, not as a scary and morose thing, but as a natural conclusion. I also learned that he lost his family at some point, and I thought that might have something to do with it as well. He wanted to contact them, but things went too far, obviously. I know now that he was trying to secure immortality, and perhaps more than that. He figured it out, though. He cracked the code. He found a way to get back from death by tearing holes in the weave. Are you saying all of this started up in Vindorn? No, but all of it did start with Orzo, or Moja, I suppose. And you're saying that you helped this happen and didn't tell anyone until just now. Well, I helped him with his research, and then one day he disappeared, and I went looking for him. I found his private journals, and I found out what he was really doing. And I felt an obligation to put a stop to it. And then he killed you, and you came back. No, I... He uh, looks kind of sheepish for a second. He says, I killed myself. Um... I had to chase him. I couldn't let him get away with what he was trying to do. I knew everything that he did. I I walked into death willingly and got right back out of it. Wow. It's the only way I could keep up with him. But I, I'm not anything as powerful as he is. And I realized that too late. That's why I've been trying to suck up as much magic as I can with the help of Snack. But even then, I don't think it's going to be enough. But maybe... All of us together. Maybe that's enough. Um, how do you propose we stop this? We have to close it somehow, right? We must repair the weave. We must close the, the veil between life and death. I think Tibia will be able to do something here. That's what I was hoping. At least part of it. 
staunch the major wound. Wait, aren't you cursing Snack kind of right now? No, I've never actually bonded myself to Snack, just to this lamp. If I were to move into Snack, it might infuse him with incredible power, but it would also give me control over him, and nobody wants that. Yeah. But when we... Yeah. (laughs) We all look at Snack like, nobody wants that. (laughs) (laughs) Then what sort of connection does Snack have with you? Well, we have an agreement. He gives me mobility, and I lend him my power. It's easy for me to access magic and do pretty much whatever the hell I want, but at the same time, I can't really get around. So, say we succeed at closing this gap. What happens to you? And Mm. what happens to Snack? I become a powerful dragon. That was the deal, yes. Yes. And I'm not sure what'll happen to me. It's not important right now. I just think it would be nice to have a contingency, I guess. Well, it doesn't matter how many gates we close as long as Orzo is still out there. He's going to keep tearing them open. Is Orzo still alive, by the way? Mm, Barely. He's a puppet. I don't know if he's actually still alive or not. But he's completely under the control of Moja. Oh, I understand. Moja's cursing him to high heavens. However, I don't think anyone in Vindor knows what's going on. They just saw a sudden shift in their king, and their whole city went terribly downward. So Vindorn wasn't always a hellscape. No. In fact, it was a kind of a, a sunspot, really. Um, while Jeannie's been telling his story, Holly's been playing with some of the cookies that were left out mm. after our nap. And um, she was like... <laughs> reenacted the scene of the king of Vindorn like being evil with his servants with cookie pieces and like the dragon <laughs> coming in just absentmindedly making a scene out of chocolate chip cookie crumbs just like putting <laughs> putting a bigger cookie over the king of Vindorn yep yeah. <laughs> he is the biggest cookie <laughs> but that's it i promise i that's the end of the um honesty downpour i i have nothing else hidden from all of you that's my whole story vibe check wow <laughs> No faith. Sixteen. Yeah, Jeannie seems earnest and sincere, but he's also scowling at you right now. (laughs) Because I'm squinting at him. (laughs) Looking him up and down. (laughs) I appreciate you coming clean to us, Jeannie. That couldn't have been easy. Mostly I was a little afraid of Snack getting um, emeried. (laughs) Yeah, it's an honest concern. Um, Tibio slaps his thighs with his hands and says... Welp, no. Um, <laughs> with your bone hands or your gnome hands? Oh. Bone hands and gnome hands. And thigh bones. Yeah. Um, if we want to face also, we must first face what we are dealing with here. That's right. There's one more thing I was thinking about. Hmm. Well, now we know these curses aren't really curses at all. They're ghosts or spirits. So are we still curse breakers? Oh, how are we Ghostbuster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Curse breakers. breakers. <laughs> All right. He says, uh, I think Tibio's exactly right. None of this changes what's about to happen. I just wanted you all to know. But for now, 
There's a task at hand. He uh, stands up and smooths out Tibio's hair, like, without consent. <laughs> it springs back up immediately. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> in the exact same shape. Uh, he gestures to the spout of the lamp, and he says, Destiny awaits. How do I get out of here? Holly walks up to him and just sucks her out. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get out of here? Snack can show you the way out. We go like this. Pop. And then we all appear <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> You appear outside in that same hallway again. Uh, there's no Tonberry now. It's just an empty hallway. Tibio's like frantically looking around to make sure that he's not behind us. Oh, it's just like the feeling when you go to get a napkin to kill a spider and, the and spider. then the spider's gone. <laughs> Is this a straight hallway? Because I'm imagining it curved. You are looking straight at a wall right now and then the hallway goes off to your left and right and you can see that it curves gently like this might be one giant circle or something. Okay. Um, but these walls uh, are sort of this perfectly smooth, silvery, almost water-like texture where you can see these um, kind of vague ripples in them every now and then. Um, your reflections are also very strange. They kind of lag behind. So you can see yourself in them. Sometimes your reflection is extremely blurry. Sometimes it's quite crisp. Sometimes it's not really showing you at all. It's just showing something you remember seeing. I would like to touch a wall. Okay. <laughs> um Uli kind of walks forward to the wall that's standing in front of all of you and poke, poke. All right. Gives a little <laughs> poke. Um, when she does, you see this ripple form and kind of distort everything. And then when the ripple settles, you can see a very young Uli. You're seeing this all from third person perspective, almost like a movie, but you're all watching Uli just screaming and screaming and screaming. And you can see you're in Uli's childhood home that you've all seen. They're at the dinner table, but all the chairs are pushed back and Uli's sisters are hidden in the back of the room and Uli's brothers are standing up with their arms out trying to calm her down. And Uli is screaming and screaming and you see her let out a thunder wave and it just blasts her brothers back and you see Dora stand up and grab her by the scruff of the neck and drag her outside and throw her in the shed and lock the door. Uh, I am moving my arms like in front. No nothing to see. That wasn't anything. So this is oh, this is reflecting in the wall. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And all of you can see this happening. I don't know what that was. Oh, Uli, I'm so sorry. Uli, you like slap the wall a couple times to try to get that to go away, and it scrubs out what they're seeing. And then a second later, um, you see Uli uh, in like kind of like a like in the forest in some woods, but she's among some other like scrappy looking people eating garbage essentially and uh, living out of tents, and then. Like she tries to cover that up again and you see um, like she's like beating the absolute crap out of some random person. She's sitting on the docks of Lamplight alone for hours at a time, it looks like. What's on that wall? Maybe there's something I um, kind of shove snack into a wall. Ah. <laughs> I, I touch a wall. <laughs> yeah. uh, snack like, gets pushed into a wall and there's a big ripple behind him. And when that ripple settles, you can see the face of a, a boulette. Boulette? I never know how to say that. Boulet? If it's double T-E, it's et. Et. All right. Uh, boulette uh, jumps out of the earth and comes down right near Snack and devours a wagon that is right near Snack. And then it goes back into the ground. And you continue watching and you see Snack is in a dark cave sort of environment and you can see two other kobolds a little bit larger than snack when he was just a baby kobold they're pinning down a third kobold and they're pulling its teeth out 
And then they just pick up the kobold and throw it off a ledge. And then they start walking over towards Snack laughing. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, we had very similar childhoods, Uli. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go that far. You can see another flash and uh, Snack is being woken up by kobolds and they start peeling his scales off. They, there's one near his tail that they just start ripping up and then pull it off and throw it away. And then they start on another scale and start ripping it up and pulling it away. And Snack tries to scramble free and they just pin him down and laugh in his face. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, a dragon claw just sweeps through the scene and rips those two kobolds to pieces and leaves Snack prone on the ground. He's just fine. But you see these other kobolds are just shredded and consumed, and the dragon walks away. Uh, I don't think we had similar childhoods. Well, it was a little darker in mine, um, in a couple of ways, I suppose. It gets weirder and weirder and faster and faster. At one point, you're watching Snack walk through these dark caves. At one point, you're seeing Snack open a large stone sarcophagus, and this creepy strange figure that tibio almost it looks familiar maybe that vampire that fed you soup once is crawling out of this sarcophagus and it's chatting with snack as if he's just sitting in a bathtub (laughs) (laughs) and the last thing you see is this pinhole of moonlight shining down on a lamp and you see snack approaching it and it cuts out um snack that creature i feel like i've told you before that i yeah, I met a vampire and I helped it come to the service and I, it's very nice. I don't believe you have, but I have also met that vampire. He, he gave me soup. He did not give me soup. <laughs> <laughs> Has everyone met a vampire but me? I have not met I a have, vampire. You were in Vindorn like two days ago. That was a vampire? <laughs> oh, I've never met a vampire. This is very fun. Um, uh, Bert, your turn. And I try to push Bert into a wall. <laughs> uh, can we do some sort of roll against each other? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Athletics, I got a 20. Wait, I... 19. Sorry. Gotta watch Johnny. likes to cheat. Sounds like that's my lowest roll I've ever made. <laughs> 19. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Can I use my uh, tail whip to just kind of like trip <laughs> oh <my laughs> to him out a little bit? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I, whatever, I'll touch it. Okay. You probably have one of these planned for everybody, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can say that, that Bert grazes it and maybe we don't see the full picture on the first one, but you catch the end, the tail end of this first scene of uh, Sid clearly is standing proudly over Bert. And uh, you can see that he's been, like, watching Bert so that Bert is on his best behavior. But he is in this high peak of a tower. And you can see sunlight coming through this crystal shining down onto this large marble book. And you can see Bert kind of getting closer and closer to the book. And you can even hear some echoes in that room. And Bert is looking at the book, and he's starting to read off of it. He's saying out loud what he's seeing on the book, and everyone in the room stops and looks at him. You can see all of these people in the room, all these sort of – they almost look like monks. They're so devoted to what they're doing there. All of the monks look at Sid and then back at Bert, and they see Bert orating what he's seeing in the book. They look incredulous. And then it cuts completely from that scene, and you see two gnomes that you've never seen before. They look – affluent perhaps uh, a little bit older than Bert both of them one of them sporting an incredible mustache <laughs> <laughs> it's Bert's dad 
Um, <laughs> you can see they're talking about something that's quite tense. They mention something, and then Bert looks anxious, and then he keeps saying the same thing back to his parents, but you can't tell what he's saying. And he's just repeating it over and over again, and then finally you catch this little echo. He says, Liches? Why? The last thing you see is this bright green glow coming from their eyes as it cuts out. Whoa, that's dark. <sighs> Ooh, that, was, that was a little intense. Bert. Uh, um, Bert, what was that? Oh, uh, that at the end there was, that was my parents. They're dead now. They're long past. They, they got into some stuff they shouldn't have. And I mean, that story's done. Holly pats Bert on the shoulder, like kind of comfortingly, comfortingly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tibio goes up to Uli and just says, all of that was your past. It does not need to haunt you. I mean, it doesn't really. Um, not anymore. Good. Cause you are with us now. Yeah. This, uh, uh, this is just a distraction for what, we're here to do, right? Oh, yes, we should keep moving. Yeah, let's go. Um, yep, let's go. Keep going. Holly. I uh, don't need to see anything here. That's interesting. Let's go. We all shared our past. I mean, you guys already know a lot about me. I just grew up in Tildree. Nothing else to know about. Holly's backing up, and she trips <laughs> against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just a little bump. Um you immediately see a, uh, a much younger, um, similarly cheery version of Holly uh, in an academic setting. Uh, you just see her raising her hand and then raising her hand again and raising her hand again and raising her hand again and raising her hand again. <laughs> and then you see her with a sash uh, denoting that she had graduated with honors, um, standing in the front of her class orating a speech. And then it cuts immediately. Holly is wearing what looks like almost a burlap sack walking through an alleyway, holding her sister's hand, and she's trying not to cry. You see Holly sitting at an outdoor eatery, some super cheap place where they can just get soup, and Holly's just watching Ivy eat. And then you see Holly fixing Ivy's shoes, mending them herself, and then putting Ivy's shoes back on. And then it cuts, and you see Holly's a little bit older, and you see Holly fixing Ivy's shoes again. And it cuts, and Holly's older still, and you see Holly fixing Ivy's shoes, but there's no material left to them. They're, they're done for. There's nothing left in those shoes. And you see Holly digging around in the trash for materials, and she makes shoes out of these materials, a discarded apron that she found. You see her working in a basement and somebody throwing materials down at her, and Holly just smiling back up the stairs. And then you see a door opening, and Holly's standing in the threshold, keys in one hand, Ivy's hand in the other. The door swings open. Holly lights an oil lamp and smiles at Ivy. Holly gestures inside and Ivy runs in ecstatic. You see Holly shaking hands with Mina, with Benjamin Blank, with Margot Bingo. And you see her opening the door to the store. You got her, Tim. Hannah's you actually got crying. Her. <laughs> <laughs> I just love my sister so much. <laughs> that was very cute. <laughs> Uh, Oli pats Holly on the shoulder. Oh, Oli, you did it. You did it. Yeah. It's hard to relive those memories. It yeah. wasn't a good time. 
But man, I want some soup now. <laughs> Come and steam continuous all of these. soup. <laughs> um, Tabio, I think you're exempt. You'll probably be facing your own demons here soon enough. <laughs> mm, it is probably good to start somewhere. And he puts his hand on the wall. Okay. Um, Tibio's is unexpectedly brief. You do see a couple of images of Tibio, slightly younger, happily holding up a pair of slippers that he had found in the <laughs> hollow of a tree. You can see him talking to squirrels and deer and swimming with Fibolo in the stream. And it all starts to distort when you see two other older gnomes riding skeletons. And it gets a little messy. And then it just goes back to Tibio's face, staring back at himself. But the reflection looks a lot more concerned and a lot more uncertain than Tibio is showing right now. So they were in the tree, huh? Oh, yes. It was uh, the solve of the century. Yeah, the squirrels took them. Bert, looking towards Tibio now, you can see Tonberry down the hall. He nope. is so slowly walking towards you, and he's looking right at you, Bert. Bert, what is it? Your honor. Holly whips around. Oh, fuck. Ah! Ghost, 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 spirit. Uh, you can all see Tonberry's spirit down the hall, and he... it looks like he's walking in slow motion. It's so agonizingly slow that he's walking towards you. And he's what, saying nothing. The snail. What, what's the matter, Tom Barry? You're looking a little uh, uh, dead. <laughs> <laughs> now is not the time to taunt Bert. We don't know what this guy can do. Taunt Barry. Don't taunt the Barry. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen what he can do, and we lived through it once. Barely. <laughs> is yeah, he, with the help of a whole town. <laughs> is, is he stuck? Is he slow? I don't. What is he doing? Well, you would maybe know this hallway better than any of us, Tibia. What is this place? I've never been here. I don't know exactly. It seems to be memories are the best. Well, maybe we can just walk around him. Do I have any <laughs> legendary knowledge of this, historical knowledge of this place? Um, so this is where people who are not ready to let go get to review their lives. And make peace with things. Ooh, okay. Uh, this is a sort of lobby? This is like the place, they say, where your life flashes before your eyes. Yeah, you, you would look at your life and think about the things that happened and find a way to let go of it all. Mm, well, that makes sense why Tonberry's here. He probably has a ton of shit he can't let go of. Bert, you look back up at Tonberry, and maybe while you all took your gaze off him for a second, he made some distance. He's now maybe 10 feet away from your group. Ah! <laughs> oh, okay. Stop right there, mister. He's still walking in slow motion towards you. Bert, do something with spirits. Do something with spirits? I don't know. You you blast all those skellies Tibio in the hallway. tries to walk around Tonberry. Okay. Yeah, Tibio, you just kind of sidestep him and walk past. <laughs> I um, throw up my arms like... I just walked past. <laughs> I want to try to circle around him and see if he's like focused on me. Uh, he, his head does follow you, Bert, as yeah. you walk past. Tonberry is suddenly directly in front of you, Bert, and you see he has one hand in the air and he drives it downward and you see this blurry thing shatter the barrier between life and death and stab you. <gasps> Bert! Yeah, I didn't expect that. 
That's 24 to hit, Bert. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I swear yeah. your yep. dice are weighted for these encounters. <laughs> I think the bosses are just good now. So you hear this shattering of glass, and suddenly something is just stabbed into you and removed immediately, and you feel hot blood trickling down your shoulder a little bit. You take 17 piercing damage as Tonberry just essentially teleported a arcane blade into your shoulder. Oh, oh okay. He means business. Oh. Eldritch Blast. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Holly uh, is like holding on to Bert and just like in shock of what's going on. 18. Okay. 23. 23. Oh, th- that was your... Two, two, two attacks. Hits. Okay, yeah. Uh, those would both hit. Uh, however, the first one goes through him. Tonberry looks at you and disappears. Um, oh, where'd it go? I vanquished this foe, Bert. Are you okay? Been better. Can you... Um, can you heal yourself? Do you do you need a bandage? Um, shit. Holly has a handkerchief on his wound. Um, is there like a piece of glass sticking out of him? No, no. Okay. Bert's usually the one who like does the healing. Does the healing, yeah. <laughs> Instead of healing myself, I'm going to cast Dispel Evil and Good on myself. Okay. Uh, What's your angle here, guy? A shimmering energy surrounds and protects you from fey, undead, and creatures originating from beyond the material plane. Got me there. (laughs) That's all of them. For the duration, celestials, elementals, fey, fiends, and undead have disadvantage on attack rolls against you. Nice. It says here it gives you protection from homebrew mechanics. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can we, like, go down the hallway? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's go. I'm okay, I think. Um, it does seem more and more like this hallway is one big, long circle. Long circle? One big circle. <laughs> you eventually hear a voice before you see anything, but you hear someone saying, I can't find my Maisie. Fuck. <gasps> I know that name. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Henry Muldriff. No. It's no. the mom. Oh, no, it's Henry. <laughs> Muldriff's wife. <laughs> that was the save of the century. <laughs> I love how much that cracked him. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This is like episode two shit. Do we have a shit. name? Yes. Yeah, um, Liza. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ash? Ash? Correct. Got it. Three points, Gryffindor. Hi, I'm Ash, and now that I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Ash. <laughs> you wish to see Maisie the small child? You hear it echo back. They took her away from me. Can we see anything? Yeah, if you wanted to, you could move forward in the hall a little bit to see her. And you can see she just looks like a normal woman. Long, dark hair. Somewhat thin. Um, I can bring Maisie here. Why, no, why not? You cannot. No, you cannot. No, no, no. I'd reach out for the Do gavel. Do not. No. Snack, no. How dare you not let... Do you I, wish to see I, your daughter? I grapple his arm. I grapple Snack, you can't make a child come to the area of undead. Snack, don't you what, dare how bring Maisie you? to this place. Snack, no. I don't understand. It's not safe. This place is dangerous. This is death. We're not in the mortal world right now. It is not worth it. We can talk to her. This is no place for a child. All right, fine. I put the gamble away. You can. You hear Jeannie muttering from a lamp. She'd probably be fine. <laughs> We're not ready in action. <laughs> Against Snack. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, sad mom. We decided we don't. 
Oh, man. Um, we decided you are too dangerous to see your daughter, so no. we cannot bring... What? Ma'am, uh, is, is your name Ash? Uh, that catches her attention. It looks like she was almost stepping into the wall, but she stops and looks at you. I just wanted to tell you, your daughter, Maisie, she's okay. Henry is taking care of her. Holly. Yeah. Um, don't you have some footage with Maisie on it in the historoscope? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Holly uh, fumbles in her pocket and finds the historoscope and pulls it out and um, clicks through it real quick to find us all swimming in the waterfall. Immediately, Uli's naked butt pops in. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, fast forward a little bit. <laughs> um, you gotta see this. And uh, you can see, I think it was, everyone was swimming, but um, Maisie and her dad, uh, Henry, swimming in the water hole. And that's when Maisie found the gemstone in the, yeah. underneath the waterfall, too. So mm-hmm. as she's showing that, I'm um, saying, like, Maisie's back in tilt me with Henry and and she's going to school and she is learning magic and she is doing wonderfully. She is so happy. She looks kind of dumbfounded when she sees this vision of Maisie, but she looks up to you all and says, can I see it again? Yeah. Just skip past the butt again. Um, Holly plays it back uh, against the reflection on the wall. Um she kind of reaches out at the at the vision as if it would give her anything, but she kind of like reaches out to try to grab it, Maisie, and nothing comes of it. And you can see her fall into despair a little bit. She misses you a lot, but she is living. She kind of uh, shakes her head a little bit, and she just says, Maisie, no. I'm sorry, I... Maisie. And you can see her skin is starting to change a little bit. Oh, no. Miss... Miss Ash, it was not your fault what happened. It's not your fault. And you should know that Maisie is fine and she would want you to move on. She looks at you, Tibio, and what you say to her seems to grab her attention every time. She says, who are you? My name is Tibio Femur, and I am the guardian of this place. I have let it go for too long, but now I'm here and I want to help you move on. Can you? Of course. I want to. Just know that your daughter is safe. She's safe and happy. And you can be free. You, you can rest. You do not need to worry about her anymore. I, I should also say we freed her from the same kind of curse that afflicted you in life. She breaks her gaze on Tibio to smile at Bert for a moment. Thank you. I do feel... And she closes her eyes and kind of rests her head on the, the forward mirror wall. And you can see her kind of sink into it a little bit. And then she just sort of slips into the wall. And when she does, you can see another ripple and you see some of her memories. Mostly, actually, what you're seeing is the fight against her. Um, you see magic Ooh. being lobbed. Um, and then the last thing you see is this thin white line racing across the scene and just breaking through this scaly uh, draconoid thing that she had become and destroys her. And then you trace back that beam. And now standing before you is Veronica Venus. Yeah. Oh, sure. And she looks around and says, You're all so familiar. Veronica, Ronnie, it's us. Hmm. Holly, Holly Hyacinth. The curse breakers. I've got your tarot cards. She sees. Oh, those. I got blood on them. 
Yeah, she sees those and her eyes kind of go wide and she grasps for them but can't touch them. And she says, I know you. I know all of you. You saved our lives and the lives of everyone in Tiltry. And many others besides. You are a hero. Maybe. Mm. I feel old. And she like looks at her own hands. She says, what is this place? It is an in-between place between the living and the dead. How do I go back? Uh, you do not go back, Verhanaka. You move on. You finished what you needed to do in the other I world. I don't understand. Verhanaka, you died. She just kind of looks like she's not really hearing you. and She just kind of turns around and starts walking down the hall again. Veronica. She stops. You saved my life. Hmm. Uli. Yeah. That's me, you remembered. She fades away, I think. In like a passing on kind of way or like we miss? More like a Tonberry sort of way where she just kind of flickers out. Oh, we could spend all this time here trying to help all of these spirits move on, but we cannot stay here. So in terms of the dungeon atmosphere that you're in, what are you doing to advance? Walking in a circle forever. Yeah, yeah it's, it <laughs> seems to be we're moving and not really getting anywhere. Um, after walking around for a while, Holly uh, is like rifling through her bag to see if she can find anything to help. Um, and she pulls out Sal, the mm, cat yeah. statue, for mm-hmm. a minute. Um, and she starts petting Sal to see, um, to talk to him. Uh, he wakes up and he says, This is very different. Hi, Sal. Am I dead? Um,. Well, that's a good guess because we are in this tunnel of never-ending death space. Um, <laughs> he, he chills out a little bit and he says, feels dead. Yeah. Uh, have you ever encountered anything like this before? Any tips? This is very new to me. I, I don't remember any of this. It's um, quite dreary, however. I wouldn't mind if I didn't see this place much. <laughs> um, so this is where Tibio... His family helps the dead uh, come and go, I guess, or mostly go. Um, mostly go. <laughs> <laughs> but the Femur family, have you ever heard of them? I have not, I'm afraid to say, outside from our beloved Dibio. Mm. Well, it was worth a shot. Okay, well, I'll let you sleep now so you don't have to be in this awful place any longer. I have a theory. This is just one big circle, right? Seems that way. The only way people are getting in and out is by moving on, confronting their past and accepting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we have to move on. Like how Jeannie did, I can get my traps and if we need to do this. <laughs> not, not like dying, Snack. Mm-hmm. Like looking at your past and... This is hard for me. It's like feeling stuff. No, Uli, I think you are correct. I hear you, Uli, but that's a lot easier said than done. You're telling me. We all saw some of the baggage we carry on these walls. What's a lich, Bert? That's been bothering me. (laughs) Uh, It's just like a big skeleton guy. Why did that come up in conversation with your parents? Yeah, Bert. Uh, Like I said, they're... They're dead. They were killed by a lich. They tried to make some deal, and and they're gone now. I'm sorry. What was this deal? Well, uh, the deal was to 
become liches themselves, I guess. Mm. Mm. Can I go through it? It does feel solid to the touch. It's almost like a, a strong repelling magnet where if you push extremely hard, you can feel it give a little bit. So this wall is not exactly material. Well, um, what about the outer wall? Is it the same thing or? No, I think the outer wall is actually opaque, probably stone. It's just this inner wall that shows you this mirror image. Can I go back to my reflection? Yeah. Wherever you touch on the wall, it'll summon back up. Okay. And I'm going to like breathe in deep and just try and really take in what I'm seeing Mm -hmm. and acknowledge it and accept it and like close my eyes and just like shove my face against the wall. (laughs) Get a bloody nose. Smoosh. (laughs) Like a slow press, but like focusing more on like, yes, this happened. No, I can't change it. You, you immediately know you're on the right track because your forehead sinks into this thing a couple inches. But that, even that revelation kind of startles you and pulls you back out of it. And it's going to require like full concentration to do this. Okay. Um, I propose we all go sit in our own separate spaces with no distractions. Oh, okay. That, that's probably the best way to tackle this. Um, let's stay a little out of arm's reach. Everyone should see each other. Sure. Yeah. Snack, do you understand what we are doing? Yeah, I'll stay here with Uli and you all. We will spread out then. We can, um, we can hold hands if you want, if you need that support. No. Okay. <laughs> Snack is too grown up for friends, I guess. <laughs> so you all spend some time kind of pressing against this wall to get the memory started, and then you just sort of watch your loop again and face down what there is to see. Um, <clears throat> those of you that are near each other can sometimes hear a little bit of what's going on, not that you can see anything. And so Uli, being that you're quite close to Snack, every now and then you can hear... Small snack, small snack. And then you hear like a thwap, 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 thwap. <laughs> small <laughs> snack. And then you hear the familiar voice of Lysander. And you can hear Snack like making fun of Lysander. You can hear Snack saying, small Lysander, so we can puny. Oh, <laughs> the cycle of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, um, Snack and probably Tibio can hear uh, Dor shouting from Uli's memory. Saying, like, you're not coming out until you're done. You hear me? You're never doing this again. You're going to ruin our family. Mm. Um, You don't hear much coming out of Tibio's at all, um, but you do see Tibio get very sad. You can tell probably what he's looking at is something that he's still struggling to uh, accept. Holly, I think you're the only one that hears what's going on in Bert's, but you can hear unfamiliar voices to you saying, you can still visit. It's not like we're gone. We're just different. It's not, it's not changed. And you hear another voice say, Anytime you're ready to accept this, you just come and find us. But until then, we're just going to go on living our lives. We can't orbit around you forever. And I think the first person to pass through is probably Holly. I think one by one, you all start to filter into the other side of this until it's the four of you sans Tibio staring out into this abyss. You enter into a massive open chamber like a cathedral where every surface is made of bone. You're on the outer ring of this circular chamber and in front of you is a sheer drop into inky black. It's the same story looking upwards. 
in the center of this chamber, there's a large column protruding out of the darkness like an island. And on that island is a great arch. Looks like it's made of one solid vertebrae. Inside that arch, you can see impenetrable shadow. And at that moment, Tibio takes a step through and you can see his face is just wet with tears and he's just like ruddy-cheeked and bleary-eyed. I just pull him into a hug. Kind of sidearm thing. We did it. We got through. Yeah, we did. We're all very strong and brave. Yes. And and we are going to get through all of this. I know we will. We have you. That's right, Tibio. Catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the last thing that stands in your way is this large gap between you and this central island. It's like a big pit? A big pit. That kind of intimidating darkness where it just gradients into nothing. How far away is it? The island? Mm-hmm. Maybe 50 feet out from where you are. <laughs> I do have... <laughs> I do have feather fall. Um, but I don't know if that pit actually has a bottom, Tibio. So this is a pit? <laughs> yeah. In front. So it's a circle, and there's a pit, and then there's an island, and there's the arch. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are like on the outer rim. Tibio takes four heavy breaths and then steps off the ledge. Holy shit. Ah, smooth. Okay. All right. Yeah. The uh, bones rapidly assemble beneath your feet. I don't think that'll work for any of us. <laughs> they seem Tibio's like doing a balancing act like, yeah. oh, I didn't know if that was going to work. <laughs> they seem to remain after you move, creating a sort of bridge between the rim and the island. Wow. After yeah, after that initial step and pause, um, I keep moving forward with growing confidence as I go along. It just stops working at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Wily Coyote style, I walk yeah. on the empty air for a minute. <laughs> for my curiosity, can you explain why you did this? So, it's a letter from your parents, right? Yeah, so in the letter from my parents, there was a poem at the end. That said, read it twice. <laughs> it said, read it twice, and then Tim underlined it. <laughs> um, and... I mean, the the gist of the poem is that I just got to fucking go for it. Okay. But yeah, the main message is have courage, keep going, go for it. Jump off a cliff. Jump off a cliff! <laughs> Snack will try this as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, Snack, you sidestep that bridge and take a step out into darkness and you just plummet. <laughs> Jesus. Mm. Uh, how far do you want to let that go? Uh, I will open my eyes after I can't take the second step mm-hmm. and uh, I start to fly. <laughs> okay. Um, about how far are you going to let yourself fall? 60 feet. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say maybe at about the 60 feet mark, um, your your dark vision allows you to see that there is a bottom to this. Mm. The second ocean of bones that you guys have seen in your life. Um, oh. Just infinite bones down at the bottom of this pit, it seems, about a little over 100 feet down. I will keep going down. Keep going down? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a fairly simple landscape once you land down there. Uh, there seems to be all sorts of creatures' bones here, even some as large as a dragon, you can tell. Snack, are you okay? Snack? Uh, snack is fine. I'll be up shortly. Okay. 
All right, I'm gonna grab one of the a smaller dragon bone. Okay. Unless there's like a literal dragon skull. Um, you can't find a skull. You can see like the kind of the ass end of a dragon that's been buried into the bones. <laughs> and you, can, nice. you can take the very tip of its tail. Okay, and then I'll uh, just pocket that and then fly back up. Okay. There is a bottom. It's covered in bones. It's gotta be huge, right? The very last vertebrae might only be, you know, the size of a solo cup. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Um, can I try and put any weight on the bone bridge? Yeah. Yeah. You like kind of like rock back and forth to make sure it's going to be steady or at, at the very least not fall apart after Tibio has stepped on it. Yeah. And it seems to be holding probably permanently. Okay. I run. Okay. I book it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you catch up to Tibio at least and are right behind him. Okay. That's the correct ninja warrior method. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll cross too, seeing that it held someone of Uli's st- size. Yeah. Holly will cross after with Bert, right after Bert. Okay. Snack flies over. Yeah, um, you all make it despite your varying methods. Um, I'm really proud of us for not taking 20 minutes <laughs> to cross yeah. that chasm. Yeah. <laughs> when you get onto this island, you all hear the tiniest flapping of wings as you see a raven uh, flutter into this room, kind of just through an opaque wall. It uh, flutters through the wall and over the gap and onto this island, and it perches on that archway. There's a little bit of a rumbling going on here, and a lot of the bones are starting to clack and shake. And then you see some of them start to assemble. You see some ankle bones and some tarsals and shin bones form, and then a rib cage and a skull, and it's a gnome. And you hear, Oh, it's so good to see you. <coughs> it's so good to see you, Tibia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do I know him? You may not recognize me because you've never met me, but my name is Osteo. I am your great, great, great grandfather. Oh, it is, it is wonderful to meet you. I, I've heard so much about you. You are in our history books. You are in our archives. Why aren't your bones in our archives? Well, someone needed to stay here. And that's me. Ah. Oh. Well, I kind of started all of this, for our family at least. How wonderful. Did he marry into the family? I'm just wondering why he's not French. The French married into the family. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about it before. I can only do so many variants of French accents. <laughs> it's, very, it's very hard to not let French sneak into German. That happens. It's sacred. Because there's a doorway. <laughs> oh man. Tibio, I wanted to let you know what's happening now here. This has never happened before, and it's not your fault. Oh, oh, I I thought it was that I was not here. Well, the gate does need a guardian, so Maybe the recent things that have been happening on the surface could have been your fault, but no. The inception of this is unprecedented. I see. Is it because of um, the events in Vindorn? I regret to inform you I don't know much of anything that's happening up there, but look here. And he gestures to the archway. And... Focusing in there, you can start to see 
it's this infinite black. It kind of looks like the surface of water and light breaking that surface and some kind of glowing luminous ink is spilling into this blackness. There's this kind of energy coming from somewhere else. The more you focus, there are hundreds of these things, maybe thousands of these pinholes, these little tears and leaks all over this blackness. Um, can't, 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 can't bear. Osteo. Um, <laughs> is each of those a, a curse? I'm sorry, a, a malevolent spirit? Not a spirit. He uh, looks in there again with you and he says, each of those specks of light you can see are tears, unintentional. They weren't there just mere months ago. Something is creating these. Oh. And things can come through them? Correct. Oh. Moja, Orzo, might be creating the tears. We. Oui. But how could he do such damage here from where he is? Well, every now and then we'll see something move through. It's, it's big, Tibio. It's um, scary, to us even. I see. Do you, do you know how I can repair it? Well, you've got to finish your ritual, haven't you? Your test? Uh, yes, I do. I am almost through. I, I guess we've been through a lot already. Oh, I'm afraid to tell you it hasn't quite started yet. Your representative is waiting for you. And he, like, jerks his head up to the top of the archway. Oh, and I, I make con- eye contact with the raven. <laughs> I give a little nod. The raven nods at you. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a sec. What happens when Tibio completes this test? Here's the thing. The underworld needs to be sure that they're putting their faith in the right person. Our family's been in charge of this for a long time, sure, but they still need to make sure that each individual caretaker is up to the task. They need to see strength and cleverness and, above all, willingness to participate in this. They can't have someone who's unwilling to be a guardian. And to be a guardian means what, exactly? Are they going to be trapped down here forever? Mm, No. They just need to respond to events like this. And hopefully completing this will put Tibio in a much better position to do so. And this will be the first in many steps toward fixing what has happened in Vindorn and dealing with that. I think it is similar to what we are trying to do as curse breakers. Okay. I'll allow it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Sounds like you're all ready then. I I know that it has been a tough journey, and I want to give you one last chance to turn around if it if this is too much, but I would like you all to come with me. Of course. We can do that. I mean, how many times are we going to get to go to the land of the dead and come back and talk about it? My parents said in their letter that I should not go alone. Well, lucky you. All right. I trust you. I don't trust myself a little bit, but I'm in. Thank you. Osteo kind of stands up and looks around at at each of you, and he says, best of luck. Seriously, good luck. (laughs) And uh, 
his arm falls off and then he kind of smiles at Tibio and his other arm falls off and then the rest of him just collapses into the giant bone pile beneath him. <laughs> and then the raven on top of the arch takes flight. It does a lap around this pinnacle and then it flies straight into the archway. You hear that rumbling again and all these bones start to clatter and shake and some of them begin to rise again. The first thing you see is all of these tiny needle-like bones that are forming in this large horizontal tableau. And it doesn't really make sense until the last piece floats into place. An enormous raven composed of bones stands before you now, um, practically doubling the size of the arch that it's perched on top of looks down at you and gives a silent screech as it opens its mouth wide and spreads its wings. And a health bar fills up the top of the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. I'm Tim, your DM and your genie. I'm Hannah, playing Holly Hyacinth. I'm Thomas. I play Engelbert F.F. Wisherspoon. I'm Tara, and I play Tibio Femur. I'm John. I play Snack the Cobalt. And I'm Maggie, playing Uli. Uli.